Hello, hello, beautiful souls, and welcome back to another episode of Wabi Sabi Wellness. I am so excited that you are all joining me today. My name is Jeanette, and let's get this show started. Today's episode is something that I'm so excited for you all to listen to. It is actually an interview I did with Emma Howarth, who is an author and astrologer for Glamour UK. She also wrote one of my all-time favorite spirituality books, A Year of Mystical Thinking, and I'm just so excited for you all to listen to what she has to say. Before we dive into that, though, let's go over this week's moon transits, the astrology, and the tarot card of the week. Let's start off with the moon transits for this upcoming week. So Monday at 2.56 a.m. Central Time, the moon will be moving into Aries and stay there until 7.28 a.m. on Wednesday, May 17th. Honestly, I love this energy for the beginning of the work week. The only one that I like more is a Virgo moon, but Aries is kind of similar. Aries is, as we all know, the beginning of the astrological year, so it is definitely project starting energy. If there's anything that's been on your list that you haven't gotten around to, this is a great time to tackle those things. I don't want you to think this is all about work and home though. If there's anything that you've been wanting to do for yourself, if there's been a hobby that you've wanted to pursue, this is great energy to get that started. On Wednesday, May 17th at 7.28 a.m., the moon will move into Taurus and stay there until 1.48 p.m. on Friday, May 19th. Here, self-care is key, but it's also a great time to look at our money and our spending habits. Taking care of ourselves financially and making sure that we are spending where we want to spend and saving where we want to save is another form of self-care. Of course, it's not as glamorous as going to the spa, but it is just as important. The last transit for the week is Friday, May 19th at 1.48 p.m. until Sunday at 10.29 p.m. And then the moon will be in Gemini. So while the moon is in Gemini, it is a very social, which is amazing energy for the weekend. But you might also find that you're a little scattered. You might not want to be doing something for too long, and that's totally okay. You might be surprised where you find inspiration this weekend. Moving on to the astrology of the week. Wow, this week is packed, y'all. So Mercury stationed direct this past Sunday, which is a relief. Things are going to start feeling a little bit better, but do be prepared because the next two weeks until pretty much the end of the month, Mercury is still in its shadow period. So we're kind of learning what we had to learn during that retrograde period. On Tuesday, Jupiter will be entering Taurus, which is great. That means that new parts of our chart are going to light up for the next year, bringing abundance and luck to us in different ways. One thing to note, though, is that on Tuesday, Jupiter will also square Pluto, which can make people feel a little more stubborn, so just not a great day for compromise. On Friday, we have a new moon, which we love for goal setting and manifesting. And then this Sunday, the sun will be moving into Gemini, kicking off Gemini season. Lastly, I wanted to touch on the tarot card that I have pulled for the collective. And the collective tarot card of the week is Strength. And I love strength. Strength is obviously about strength, but it's about determination and power, especially a power that comes from within. It's knowing that you can overcome obstacles that might come into your way. I do want to note that when I think about strength, it's a more feminine, quiet strength that comes from within versus a louder one that comes from the outside. So something I want you to think about is what are your strengths? What is your secret sauce? What makes you you and what makes you so strong when it comes to obstacles and things not going well. 
Now that we have gone through all the housekeeping for the week and we are up to date with the astrological happenings, let's get into this episode that I did with Emma. I'm so excited for you all to listen to it. She was such a joy. So here we go. I'm here with Emma Howarth and I am so excited. Um, So let's just dive right into it. So the first thing that I want to know is just who are you and what is your sun, moon and rising? Okay, so um, I'm Emma Howarth, as you just said. Uh, I'm a writer, journalist, uh, astrologer for Glamour magazine here in the UK, and the author of um, a book called A Year of Mystical Thinking, which is a memoir about the year I spent trying different mystical and spiritual practices in a bid to make my life better. Um, And it worked, so that's good. Um, and yeah, so my sun sign is Pisces, moon is Taurus, and I'm a Virgo rising, which I just found out you also are. Yes, I had emailed Emma the questions beforehand, and she was like, I'm so glad you did that. And I was like, yeah, my Virgo rising could never just spring things on you like that. Um, so it's so fun to have a fellow Virgo rising and knowing that we're going through the same, a lot of the same astrological stuff at the same time. Um, who are you outside of your writing? Oh, goodness, that's a really good question. Um, I'm a mother of two daughters um, and um, of the owner of an amazing cat, a very fluffy cat called Moonbeam. Um, and yeah, I'm from the north of England, I'm married to a half Greek, half Irish man. <laughs> I spend a lot of time in Greece as a result, which is a good move on my part. Um, yeah, that's me. <laughs> Awesome. Love it. Okay. So the next question I have is what part of your birth chart do you resonate with the most? I think we all have that little bit that we're like, yes, that is a hundred percent me. So what's your piece? Um, For me, probably the Pisces sun. I mean, I think from the first moment I understood that I was Pisces and what Pisces was, I was like, that's me. Um, So yeah, I really, really do resonate with Pisces. Um, but also interestingly, um, so Virgo rising, I always found that a bit tricky to to connect with. I was like, yeah, but I'm, you know, I'm not all those things that Virgo, you know, the cliches of Virgo, mm-hmm. I'm not really organized, et cetera, et cetera. Um, but then I found out that the combination of Virgo rising and my midheaven, which is in Gemini, and your midheaven's like your kind of legacy your career what you're sort of destined to leave in the world if you will um the combination of a midheaven in gemini and virgo rising is like classic writer and then i started connecting with that a little bit more too so yeah it's always fun when you just find like little pieces and and that's the fun part about astrology is that it's not one and done you just keep unraveling it and finding more and more connections to your real life so that's really fascinating um, so you wrote a year of mystical thinking, and I wish you could virtually like sign my copy right now, but you can't. Okay. I I loved it so much. Can you just speak more to like what you were like before and what you were after um, incorporating all this spirituality and all of this mindfulness and all of this into your life? Like, what was a transformation yeah. for you? I know you spoke about it in your book, but yeah. So I mean, it was a pretty big one, really. Um, so. My kind of, I the book, A Year of Mystical Thinking came out in 2021, but the year where I did my mystical project, which 
really was genuinely just I wasn't thinking about books when I was doing it it genuinely was like I'd had this terrible year in 2017 my husband's father died like loads of work stuff had gone wrong like all sorts of tricky things were happening it was like kind of like a you know one of those one of those years where that everyone has sometimes where everything just comes crashing down and I was really burnt out and exhausted and just really looking for something and yeah so it's 2018 that I did this mystical year where I decided right you know it, a lot of it was about looking back to who I used to be actually and and the things that I was interested in as a like young teenager which was you know I was basically a total teenage witch so in a way a lot of it was a rediscovering but that year I tried something different every month for a year and really if I kind of look at the difference between 2017 and you know me at the end of that year in 2018 and everything I've done since it's a completely different picture like everything changed for me by sort of some of it was a rediscovery and some of it was a new discovery and it's con it's a continuum as well like there's no like oh now I'm cured of all my anxiety burnout stress you know it's an ongoing process but yeah it's just completely changed everything for me really and most of it just to get to the point would be to do with really slowing down and finding the magic in the mundane basically finding like real everyday magic turning routines into rituals and really just appreciating the small things which sounds like a bit of a cliche but is almost the only thing any of us can ever do really to try and regain some sort of sense of balance so yeah in answer to your question yeah the before and after is dramatic and changed everything does everyone in your life notice the difference as well in you I think so yeah I think everyone does and the other thing is that often people who read the book have the same experience so you know I get I'm really lucky I get loads of emails and loads of dms from people going you set me off on this new path and now I'm learning Reiki or you know you made me remember that I used to be interested in the moon and now I follow the moon cycles it's really interesting how many people do also connect with this stuff no, absolutely. Um, I a lot of my friends are just starting to get into all of this. And I'm like, you have to read this book. It's like the starter's guide to just like what is in the world for you, like what other modalities we can be using to like feel better and be better. Um, but I love the book so, so much. Um, speaking of the book, what month of your book was the most game changing for you? I really resonated with August because astrology, but curious which one was the most influential for yourself yeah um I think for me because um you know as you'll know because you've read the book the the big theme really that runs through it is this idea of making spirituality and the mystical world really accessible you know no matter who you are and how busy your life is and how short on time you are or short on money you are and so for me it's always about the really simple things and one of my favorite really simple things is the moon in the sense that um, once you understand the phases of the moon, it gives you like loads of a really wonderful set of permissions, basically. Um, so what I love most about sort of when I first began to understand moon cycles was this idea that there's a new moon every month, which is effectively like a little mini new year. And when I realized that, I was just like, oh, my God, why didn't someone tell me before? Like, I've been putting all my eggs in this like cold January basket and it's miserable and I fail. 
And actually there's an opportunity for renewal every month. And there's, you know, a moon up there to remind you. I mean, not it's up there, but you can't see it at the new moon. And then when I started getting into, you know, all of the cycle, like the, you know, the waxing of the moon, the full moon, the waning of the moon back to new, it really helped bring home this idea that, you know, life is cyclical and you can't be big and bold and round and glowing and wonderful and on it all the time, that it's okay to have that waning phase where really maybe you're taking stock and you're reassessing and you're resting a little bit. And I think that was really life-changing. And what I love about it is the simplicity because you see on Instagram all these kind of amazing candlelit rituals, but actually all you need to do is go outside and be like, there's the full moon. What do I need to let go of? What am I trying to manifest? You can write a note on your notes app on your phone. You don't have to be, you know, burning ornately, you know, ornate calligraphy in at midnight. It can be simple. <laughs> so <laughs> that's what I love about it. It's that it's like a, you know, a night sky reminder and it's there. And I always make a wish on the first little slither of waxing crescent. And I always do like a little new moon wish list and I always think of something to let go at the full moon and that's just like a real monthly every month thing for me now which I love. I love that so much. I do think that Instagram and like social media is making it all to be like, if you don't do the 5 million steps in this ritual, you can't get all the goodness of the moon or all the goodness of the energy, but like not everyone has the time for that all the time. So I love that you spoke to that. Totally. And you know what? Sometimes, in all honesty, sometimes I don't even write a, a note. Sometimes I just think it in my head. And like, that's enough too. Like, it's all about intention. You don't yes. have to make it elaborate. Yeah. Intention and acknowledgement. It doesn't have to be 5 million things. I'd love that. Um, speaking no. of wishes on the new moon, what is on your current vision board or manifestation wish list, if you don't mind sharing? Uh, okay, so there's two things. I mean, in a kind of work sense, like I'm I'm really trying to work on the proposal for my follow-up book to A Year of Mystical Thinking at the moment. So that's definitely up there on the wish list. Um, and then on a more personal level, this is probably going to sound a bit weird, but I was speaking to my husband the other day and I was like, you know, I was really thinking about what I really want out of life. And he was like, and what? What is it? And I was like, I just want to have enough time every day to like spend some time immersed in water, whether that's like swimming in the sea, which would be my dream, but I don't live that near the sea, or, you know, being spending time in the bath, whatever that is. Um, and then also I'd really like to always have time to like go for like a good long walk. And then I'd really have time to like read a book for pleasure every day. And he literally looked at me and went, why don't you just start doing all of that then? <laughs> I was like, oh yeah. I don't know. So that's all on very much on my manifestation list at the moment, which probably sounds ridiculous, but actually it is those small things. If you kind of really nail it down to what would make me happier every day and enrich my life every day, I'm like, that's what would. And and it's really easy to make that happen. So slowly, slowly, I'm like, no, I am actually going to spend half an hour reading this book now. And it's really working. No, and like, it sounds silly. And like, I do the same yeah. thing, but when you're a mom, you know, you could fill 24 hours of the day doing stuff for your kids or doing stuff for your husband and doing stuff for your family. So you have to be really intentional about setting that time for yourself. Also, I just love that as a Pisces son, your first thing was like, I just want to be in water. I, <laughs> yeah. I love that. 
Personally, I literally do just want to be more. I just want to like want to work from a bathtub. That would be my ultimate dream. Maybe I'll try and manifest that. Do it. I I believe in you, and I'm also so excited about the follow up book. Um, I'm I'm putting it to the universe too because I'm hoping this comes out because. Honestly, this book was just so relatable and understandable. And there's so many like astrology and spirituality books that just use like language that is not very accessible to like a person who's Mm -hmm. just starting to get into it. And that's what I really, really loved about the book that you wrote. Um, Okay, speaking of that, one thing that I did love was that the accessibility um, that you have about spirituality and wellness and like what you were saying about like the moons and not having to be elaborate about it. So what are your like go-to simple rituals that you use to make sure that you are on your path and staying aligned um so a lot of these are the ones you'll find in the um march chapter of my book which has a whole section on like everyday magic and turning routines into ritual and the one that i get the most messages about from people is um so basically in this part of the book i was trying i was really busy and life was really hectic and i was trying to find ways to to find the magic and things I was doing anyway, which I think is quite a clever move. Um, and one thing I do a lot of is drink a lot of tea, uh, obviously because I'm English uh, and Northern English at that. Um, and so I created this magical ritual for myself where, you know, whenever I had a cup of tea, I stirred a wish or an intention into the tea. So just like with a teaspoon clockwise three times and I would just think or say out loud what my intention was. And that seems to have been a really powerful idea that's like sort of ignited a lot of people's imaginations. I get a lot of messages about it. Um, So that's something I I still do um, every day, probably, uh, as well as all the moon ritual stuff. And then also I do a lot of like candle magic because I like lighting candles anyway. So, you know, I often kind of choose them in colours that represent something I'm trying to call into my life and make wishes on them when I light them and when I blow them out so just lots of really really simple things and I'm also really big into like grounding as a concept like I think a lot of mystical thinking is very like you know up in the sky and the cosmos and sometimes you need to get really grounded as well so I'm really into um walking barefoot on the ground and things like that my husband loves that yeah and a bit of like a little bit of light tree hugging I I love that for you. Um, so if anyone is in your town, walks by Emma hugging a tree, just just know she's grounding herself. <laughs> yeah, or join me, or that that would be even better. <laughs> um, I love all of that. I love the the stirring into the tea. Do you also make a wish when you like blow a candle out? Any candle? Oh yeah, definitely, yeah. definitely. Um, yeah, it doesn't have to be your birthday. You Every can day can be your birthday. Yes. Yeah. Um, okay. So you are a mom. So how do you bring your spirituality and mindfulness into your parenting? And like, what are your kids' thoughts on everything that you do? Do they think you're the coolest person ever? <laughs> I don't think they think I'm the coolest person ever anymore because they're a little bit older now. But um, <laughs> back in 2018, they thought I was cool. Um, and the great thing about kids, especially um, younger kids, is they're just natural believers. So for them, like unicorns are real, magic is real. This crystal that I'm putting in my pocket will make my day better. It's really easy to get them involved. And when they were younger, we found loads of brilliant sort of ways of 
of involving them in you know I found lots of ways of involving them in what I was doing and one of those things was I you know if they were having trouble at school I would give them a crystal to put in their pocket to remind them you know that they had the power to make the right choices or um you know that someone loves them or whatever and now they're a bit older they are they are really into it like they're into astrology and they do like you know they do like a little moon ritual they're quite into like new moon intentions wishes all that kind of stuff but also one thing that we do a lot which I really like and I think they are learning to like or coming to like is um focusing in on those kind of like wheel of the year celebrations so a lot of the celebrations we all get involved in are quite stressful like especially if you're a mother like Christmas is like oh my god can I just have any more things on my plate now um and I think Halloween can be a bit like that too um but so I'm really into kind of celebrating the solstices and the equinoxes and in a really simple low-key way usually with like a little fire fire pit in the garden or lighting some candles or just getting some sparklers and hanging out outside with them um and I think they're they're quite into that too now and I think that's a really interesting way of teaching children about like the passing of the seasons in a Mm -hmm. in a way that is not stressful and there's no pressure and you don't have to like buy a present for everyone you've ever met (laughs) oh gosh yes yeah Yes, I've yeah. I've thought about like just getting rid of the whole presence thing, but like I know that would not fly very well. <laughs> it's hard, isn't it? Because you do, presents for presence' sake seem wrong, but also, you know, also giving a gift is a beautiful thing. But it's mm-hmm. yeah, I just think it's already skewed in the wrong direction, and it doesn't matter how many times I say this Christmas is going to be the year. <laughs> But I'm like totally calm and everything's, I'm on top of everything and we're just enjoying ourselves. I will always be in a like frenzy of wrapping stuff up and like panic buying things on eBay. I I just don't know how to break the cycle. I need to manifest that. (laughs) You can add that to the list. Um, Does your husband get involved with all of the rituals with you and your daughters? Um, he is very into hanging out outside in the garden, so he will. He's absolutely there, lighting the fire. Obviously, it's a fire, so he wants to light it. Um, yeah, he's really into all that stuff. I mean, he's he's a doctor, he's a scientist. Mm-hmm. He's not. Um, he's not completely on board with everything, but he's very open minded. Put it that way. Yes, yeah. that's all we can ask for. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Um, so there are a lot of misconceptions about people who do work or believe in the spiritual world. Um, I think everyone, like when I go and do a reading, people are like, oh, you look normal. I'm like, yeah, I do. Yeah. Like they expect you to come in looking like what they see on the TV. So what are the silliest mis- misconceptions that you have heard of? Like what's one what of the mean, ones I, that make you laugh the most? <laughs> I definitely agree with you on that looking normal or being normal or just not being perfect and a lot of that is this instagram vision ideal mm-hmm. that you see of the perfect yoga poses on against the sunset backdrop and people posting reels of their perfect diets and perfect lives and growing things in the garden and their beautiful children and their matching outfits and you know life real life isn't like that um so yeah i mean that is one misconception. The other, probably more just practical, straight up misconception that I 
I find I get a lot is the idea that there's something dangerous or evil or tarot. Yes. Um, yeah, even friends will be like, oh, I've been warned against that. Oh, I'd never, I would never have a tarot reading. Like it's so, you know, it's so dangerous. It's, it's bad. It's bad news. You shouldn't mess with that stuff. And I find that so confusing. And it sometimes it's really hard to persuade people that it, it isn't some sort of evil, weird occult thing. It's just like a pack of cards that started off as a game that's now, you know, used as a guidance tool, really, isn't it? All A lot of these things are just guidance tools and they're about tapping into your own intuition and your own inner knowing. And there's nothing scary or weird, you know, or meddling with anything involved, really, at all. So that's the one that comes up quite a lot that I've find I probably find most frustrating because I'm like oh, just let me give you a reading it'll be fine <laughs> oh yeah. I feel you 100% on that yeah. do you pull a card for yourself every day do you know not every day but most days yeah I did I pull a card that. right before this call being like how is this call gonna go like what's the vibe and I got two of cups so I was very pleased with it <laughs> nice nice yeah. good option <laughs> okay so you have my dream job of writing the astrology columns for glamour uk can we just like that's so amazing to me so what is your process for doing this like do you have a ritual for when you sit down and write it all out like do you wait for like when your gut is like this is a good time to sit down i know there's probably deadlines so can we just talk about that for yeah. a second i mean obviously uh, i'm a journalist so I wait until it's quite close to the deadline <laughs> not not very much of a ritual um, but just the way, you know, the way these things work. Um, yeah, you know, I really look forward to it. I think that's the one thing, like it's probably my favourite, most fun writing job ever. So I really look forward to it. I absolutely love like sitting down and I, you know, look up what's going on in the stars that month and then I'll draw out a little map for each sign. And then really the sort of magic part is then it's essentially writing a, a little mini story that someone can relate to, which obviously is is what I'm good at because I'm a storyteller um and yeah I love it and I always like feel I have certain people who pop into my head quite a lot for certain signs and I often feel like I'm writing it for them but not just for them it's you know it's really fun yeah it's it is really fun it's a great great job to do and I'm really lucky to be able to spend so much time kind of thinking about stars yeah 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 um did you do this before the book came out or was it something that came onto your radar after um I did do it before the book came out um yeah I think I started writing the column for glamour in 2019 yeah so definitely that kind of you know my mystical year in 2018 opened up a lot of more avenues for me I mean I'd always been really into astrology mm -hmm. um you know and I knew a lot about it so self-taught but I knew I, you know I knew a lot about it um but yeah when that opportunity arose it did feel like a bit of a magical gift from the universe yeah oh I'm sure um so writing as an occupation especially the type of writing that you do which is just like dream job is something that I think a lot of people glamorize in their heads can you talk about what like a day in the life looks like for you um I'm really worried I'm just going to disappoint everyone by <laughs> 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 telling them it's not um yeah a day in the life I mean obviously we've already touched on the fact that I am uh, you know mother of two daughters um 
So a day in the life for me does involve a lot of getting up early and sorting out other people and dealing with other people's issues and where their tights are <laughs> and where they need to be and whether they're late and whether they've got their homework. So there's a lot of that. Um, and then, yeah, I am really lucky because I do have a job I love and I am able to work from home. And and I do spend, you know, I have somehow managed to create a job for myself where I explore things I'm interested in and I get to write about them, which is amazing, amazingly lucky. Um, I mean, obviously, I manifested that. Um, of course. Yeah. Um, but... You know, I think the, the problem with having a job like that is, I'm, you know, I'm free to kind of work how I want to work and follow my interests to an extent. Obviously, I still have to make some money within that. Um, but also because I'm free and my time is my own, that can be a sort of double edged sword, because if anything needs to happen in my house or you know, one of the kids needs taken somewhere or there's a school strike and they're off school, like anything happens, like I'm the one who drops mm -hmm. it. And then often I'm the one who's trying to catch up in weird bits of time that don't quite make sense. Um, yeah, so they're, you know, glamorous. I'm not sure about glamorous. I will honestly say the writing is wonderful. It is like what I love. And it is also so hard and like getting blood out of a stone sometimes. <laughs> And I spend most of my time sat on my own in front of a laptop wearing a really rubbish outfit with unbrushed hair, um, typing away, possibly with a slight sense of panic that uh, while I'm writing isn't good enough. <laughs> um, so it's definitely not all glamorous, but writing is a wonderful way of working out what you think and how you feel and making sense of the world. So I would encourage anyone who has a you know, an inner writer or a desire to write, whether that becomes a professional thing for them or not, to explore that, because I think it's a really brilliant way of just understanding the world and understanding yourself and working things out. I love that. It'll be yeah. more glamorous when you're writing from the bathtub. Do you know what it will? It will be more glamorous when I'm yes. writing from the bathtub. I mean, <laughs> actually. <laughs> Um, so what is coming up for you, Emma, writing-wise or otherwise, just like life? Um, so I have um, I have written another book. It's not the follow-up to A Year of Mystical Thinking, but I've written an astrology almanac, which is coming out in September this year. Um, so it's, it's for the year 2024, and it's just like a beautifully illustrated guide to the astrology of 2024 that's again I think you'll I think you'll like how it's kind of really accessible and you know it's not full of jargon and you know lots and lots of complicated stuff it's just very simple and engaging and easy to read so that's going to be really nice I'm looking forward to that coming out and then um obviously um working on follow-up and I've just launched a newsletter which is another thing if anyone's um yeah if anyone has read a year of mystical thinking and they'd like a bit more because you think you could be waiting a little while for the second book yeah definitely sign up for the newsletter because I've just started it I've just written um issue two it's coming out on Friday uh well which probably won't be Friday when people are listening back to this um but yeah it's a quite a long read and full of lots of magical musings. That's so exciting. That's Will yeah. the Astrology Almanac be available in the US? Yes, 
okay. it will be I'm pretty sure we had that conversation and it will be available in the US yeah and yeah it's kind of the tricky thing about writing a book like that is it's written it's kind of written with the northern hemisphere in mind mm-hmm. so I think it will be also be available in Australia and you know the southern hemisphere in general not just Australia obviously I don't know where that popped into my head um <laughs> But yeah, I think if you're reading that, that obviously certain things like certain, um, you know, your summer solstices, the winter solstice, things get turned on its head. But um, yeah, it will be available. Okay, yay. I feel like all the best books get released in the UK first and then we get them like a year later. (laughs) What do you think? That's interesting because that surely must happen the other way around as well. Yeah, I feel like it depends on what you're looking for, but I'm I'm excited to read it. Um, Okay, so this is kind of maybe a strange question, but... In the US, spirituality, the scene has kind of changed a lot over the years where like you walk into like a Barnes and Noble or like a bookstore and like tarot cards are front and center now where they used to be like a very small section of the store in the very back corner. So can you just talk to how this scene has changed in the UK? Has it become more accessible over there? Yeah, definitely. I mean, sometimes I wonder if this is because I notice it more, but I don't think it is just that. But um when I, in 2018, when I was going on my spiritual journey, I actually really had to work quite hard to seek out practitioners and events and, and books and, and find people. It was quite difficult. And I had to go, um, I, don't, I live outside London, just outside London. I had to go into London to access a lot of the things I was interested in. Whereas now I feel like there's just like 10 moon circles like on Everywhere. my doorstep it's everywhere and it's a lot more accessible and definitely it's definitely become more mainstream um in terms of like you know big national newspapers have run features on the moon on astrology on people's Saturn returns you know this I feel like it's everywhere and it's definitely become quite fashionable like trendy in a way but Mm -hmm. not yeah, there's that. There's definitely that element. I think it's almost gone through. There is this sort of really trendy, like you need to like live in a hipster area of a cool city phase. But I think we've even gone through that now. To you can probably access spirituality, mystical, you know, tarot cards, activities. I mean, obviously anyone can access spirituality at any time they like. It doesn't matter where you are. But um, I think there's def- it's definitely easier to find events and people and circles locally to you where you are now and the other great thing I think which happened a lot to do with the pandemic is a lot of this stuff's available online now which I think is great because that means you know even if you have got a toddler to put to bed you maybe can still join a meditation session you know a live meditation session later that night or a yoga class or what you know whatever it is that's working for you whatever you're looking for yeah I've also wondered the same thing I'm like is is this more accessible now or am I just a lot more aware of it? But I think that you're right. That yeah. it's just a lot. I think people need something to believe in. I think especially after the yeah. last few years we've had. And yeah. astrology and tarot and all of this, like you said, it just like reminds you that life is a cycle. And I think that's a beautiful yeah. thing. Um, yeah, definitely. And just that there are so many tools out there. You know, not, not everything is for everyone and that's okay. And But you, you know one person might find it really wonderful to learn more about their birth chart and that might help them discover more about who they are and how they what makes them tick and for someone else it might be tarot for someone else it might be manifestation like you know there are just so many things to try and I think it's 
adding more things to our toolboxes to help us cope with the chaos of modern life. It can never be a bad thing. Absolutely. Speaking of which, so which, what spiritual modality are you either like looking to dive into further next or has been like very much on your mind lately? So I'm kind of, I mean, yeah, I'm always interested in in new modalities or things I perhaps haven't explored as much. Um, some are kind of maybe a bit less mystical, um, but no less magical. I mean, I'm really into like exploring cold water therapy, like ice baths and wild swimming. Mm-hmm. Um, but that are really appealing to me at the moment. Again, probably because it involves water. Um, I'm really interested in like plant medicine and herbal medicine. That's something that's really um, interesting me a lot at the moment. So I'm kind of exploring that. Um, and yeah, just a lot of kind of, I'm really interested in this idea of um, of rest as being something really important because I think that's something that we forget quite a lot and it's especially you know when you're you have a busy life and responsibilities it's really easy to forget that resting is important and that's you know it's not so mystical but I think it's something that's really interesting to explore and something I've been thinking about a lot so a lot of yeah a lot of these things are possibly going to come out in my next book Ooh, so exciting okay so I have five rapid fire questions um, I'm gonna ask you so what is your first thing you do when you have a bad day oh rapid fire and I'm like I'm not gonna be able to give any rapid fire answers <laughs> first thing I do when I have a bad day okay if I'm like on a on a really bad day I'd probably like you know pour a gin and tonic um but <laughs> if I'm being sensible I just get outside. I think everything is better when you're outside of four walls. So get outside whatever the weather, basically. Awesome. The second question I'm kind of kicking myself with. So it was coffee or tea, but I think I know the answer. So how do you take your tea? <laughs> okay. So you have to get it right. Um, I mean, I don't know about sometimes in American films, the way they make tea is really deeply offensive. And I do you don't put water in a microwave, do you? I do not anymore, not anymore, but I married a European man who I did microwave water until I married him. And he was like, what is this atrocity? (laughs) Um, Yeah, so obviously just in case there are Americans listening, um, (laughs) I must say you have to boil a kettle. It's not acceptable to do it any other way. And then really it has to be Yorkshire tea for me, which is um, my favorite tea. Uh, it's got so that's just black tea it's got to be strong and it needs a splash of milk but not too much milk I mean I could probably provide an exact color chart of what is acceptable Um, and then once I've had maybe about three sometimes four of those I can move on to herbal tea which I'm also a big fan of (laughs) so are we not on the coffee kick at all no coffee oh my goodness no Uh, I'm not I'm just not interested in coffee um I occasionally like, uh, like occasionally after dinner, I'll like if everyone's ordering espressos, I'll have one, and then it makes me feel really wired and crazy, <laughs> which I quite enjoy sometimes. <laughs> yeah. It's about balance. You gotta, you gotta have yeah. those wild and crazy moments. Um, yeah. What is the most influential book you've read? Oh my god, that's such a good question that I wish I'd thought about. Um, influential book. Oh, there's so many. 
Um, I'm I'm going to say the first one that comes into my head, which is, I don't know, it's influential for me, but Prozac Nation by Elizabeth Wurzel, um, which was probably the first book I read. I mean, she was quite a, a memoir pioneer, I think, mm -hmm. like, you know, a woman writing about her life in all its kind of gritty reality. And I think that's the first time I really realised that memoir was a genre and got really interested in it. I mean, I think this was in the late 90s I read that book. Um, so I was quite young when I read it. Um, yeah, that's what I'm going to say. But I mean, also, I don't know, I want to say loads of books. I could give you a whole list, but I'm going to I'm going to say Prozac Nation. <laughs> Love it. If you do want to send me that list later, I'm always looking for a new book. Um, yeah. What is your favorite planet? Oh, Jupiter. Of course. That's yeah, mine too. Isn't that everyone? <laughs> yeah. if, you, if you told me Pluto, I'd be like, oh, that's interesting. <laughs> yeah, I love I love Jupiter. Jupiter can come and hang around in my sign anytime he likes. <laughs> yes, exactly. He's always invited. <laughs> yeah planet of fortune and luck yeah that's what we all need um how are you feeling right now during this eclipse season is the last question i have oh yeah i mean i i'm definitely feeling it um uh, you know i'm feeling like i've actually written quite a lot about this in my new in my newsletter um but i'm yeah i'm definitely feeling it like i'm feeling like a kind of an ending and a beginning um so for me um Scorpio is in my third house mm -hmm. um, and you know that's all writing speaking communicating um, I mean this will be the same for you um, and so yeah I'm really feeling like an ending of one way of doing things and a beginning of another um, which is quite interesting and challenging and yeah all the things so yeah I'm really I'm actually kind of looking forward to Friday I mean I know it doesn't all just happen on Friday like obviously there's a a process involved but mm. yeah it's it's feeling intense but yes. interesting I feel similarly and then I kind of lied my very very last question is what are your offerings right now if you are doing any kind of readings or how can people connect with you so I do do readings um I don't do very many but I usually try and like put a few it's all on my website which is mm -hmm. And so it's all on there. Um, I'm sure you'll put links and stuff yes. under this, won't you? So, um, and I, you know, usually I'll do some on the new moon or some on the full moon. I haven't done any for the last few weeks because I've been really busy finishing that astrology book off. But yeah, so people, I do do readings. The newsletter is a really big thing. Um, you know, that's what I'm putting a lot of energy into now. So definitely if you're interested in finding out what I'm up to or I'm thinking about, definitely sign up for that. I'm going to be running a subscriber only free online event soon, which is going to be nice. Um, yeah, what else? Instagram, Emma Howarth writes. I'm always on there, sometimes showing pictures of my cat. Love it. I will yeah. link all of that below. And I'm definitely going to subscribe to your newsletter because, like I said, like your book was one of the books that really changed the game for me in making me yeah. realize that all of this is very attainable and it doesn't have to be this thing that's expensive and elaborate and 
So yeah, I just wanted to thank you on behalf of myself for writing this book. Oh, well, thank you. Thank you for reading and loving the book. You know, it, it really means a lot to me. You know, I'm not, I'm not like a celebrity or an influencer with loads of followers. I'm just like a, you know, an ordinary person who's genuinely interested in this stuff, who's writing about it. So every single kind of reader, every message, every follow, every Amazon review really does matter. And I do notice them all. So thank you. Awesome. Thank you so much, Emma. This was such a lovely conversation. I had goosebumps the whole time. Oh, thank you. It was really great to talk to you. I hope you all enjoyed that episode as much as I did recording it. I think you could tell in my voice that I was very starstruck and very excited to be talking to Emma. Like I said, her book was one that was very influential for me in my journey and really opened my eyes to just how many modalities there are to experience spirituality. So if you get a chance, check out her book. I will be linking it as well as her socials in the show notes below. With that being said, here is our quote for the week and it is by Oprah. Oprah once said, I believe luck is preparation meeting opportunity. If you hadn't been prepared when the opportunity came along, you wouldn't have been lucky. I love this quote. It speaks so much to what I think manifestation is. It's not about waiting around for things to happen to you. It's preparing yourself for them to happen. And I just think there's so much magic in that. Next week's episode will be about Gemini season, which I'm super excited about. And I just want to take another moment to thank you all for being here, for listening, for chatting with me. I I honestly just appreciate it so, so much. If you are enjoying the show, please write a review, share it with a homie and keep listening. As always, look within. Thank you.